What's going on, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Mobile Insider Podcast. Today, I have someone who I think would be very interesting, especially for what's going on right now with the whole COVID-19 challenges and stuff. Uh, Vinay, thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. Thank you, Adam, for having me. Yeah, so we're actually just talking about your name, Vinay Pende. And you said something very interesting. You said it's like, think of it like eight days a week. You have a very cool name. What does it mean? What does Vinay mean? Uh, well, I come from a South Asian background, an Indian background. Um, okay. And my first name, Vinay, means um, a form of respect and prayer. Okay. Um, I'm a Hindu um, from northern parts of India. My forefathers were. So it normally means courtesy or respect. And then Pande is just the last name that we have according to our culture. And we were revered as like sort of sages and very high religious factors back from India. So uh, we come from a rich line of sort of history of education and religion. Oh, very nice. That's, that's very cool. Well, I appreciate you for sharing that. So look, I kind of want to dive deep into this because especially with what's going on right now with COVID-19, I feel like what you do specifically in the whole environmental world is it's interesting. Um, and so let's start a little bit by talking, give me like a, just a quick 30 second spiel about like, you know, uh, who, who, like who do you work, who do you work with? Like what's, what's your position just so we can get some people the background about what you do and then we can kind of get into the, uh, the fun stuff. Okay. So we are predominantly a B2B business that's in the environmental remediation space. Um, we located in California. That's where our corporate offices are in Azusa, LA County, but we have 14 branches in and around Northern and Southern California, there's 12 of those. And then we are also based in Nevada, Las Vegas, as well as in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. Uh, we've been around for over 25 years. Um, we regard ourselves and take pride in the fact that we're an industry leader. We've successfully completed hundreds of thousands of jobs across asbestos abatement, mold remediation, lead and paint removal. We've gone into our team heat division and done bed bug eradication and insulation. We have technology called Thermopure heat that is used to kill and trap whatever viruses or bacteria, whatever the case might be. Um, that's also a part of our business. So it's predominantly service driven. We also have a demolition services where we do a lot of site demolition. Uh, and then we have, interestingly enough, which is uh, the current uh, big focus and uh, where we're getting a lot of our leads from and being called out to is our bio waste trauma cleanup division. Uh, initially, that would have been involved in terms of like taking care of crime scene cleanup or suicides or meth lab uh, situations that might arise. But because of the current need for cleaning and sanitizing and using disinfectants, uh, we are obviously specialists for that in terms of deep clean. So that's the service side of the business for Alliance. Um, a company that we acquired in, since 2012 is called AirTech Indoor Air Solutions. And that is a company very similar like-minded as a common vertical to Alliance Environmental Group, and they specialize in commercial air duct cleaning. Uh, we regard ourselves as the uh, commercial HVAC restoration specialist. Kitchen hood exhaust cleaning for restaurants, um, maritime cleaning for kitchen hoods that are on sea vessels, ships, and so on. Uh, dry event cleaning, power washing. Mm -hmm. And one of our subsidiaries, Adam, that we acquired um, not too long ago within the last 12 months, is the Minty Corporation, now rebranded as Minty LLC. Mm -hmm. And they are a global leader of indoor environmental solutions, specifically tailored towards healthcare, so hospitals as well as healthcare institutes. And from a service angle, we go in and do a lot of the 
coil cleaning, duct cleaning, and general sanitary work. But we also have a very uh, wonderful and remarkable product, which we were the first to market with, which is a mobile containment solution. And that's an environmental containment unit called an ECU. We are now in the latest generation of ECU4. And that is uh, used very successfully to prevent the spread of airborne pathogens. Mm -hmm. And is able to be used for mass isolation for people that need to be quarantined. So if there's any debris or any work that's been done in a hospital environment from contractors and so on, you can make sure that your patients are isolated and not having the risk of any contamination. And if there's any viruses or airborne pathogens and you want to make sure that they are closed off, this particular solution is ideal for that. So it's a lot so, that we do, but we are specialists in this space. Yeah. So I kind of, before, I, I want to get into that specific part that you just said in terms of like the disinfecting and all that stuff. But before I get into that, uh, let's talk, obviously, because this specific podcast is really focused around, you know, marketing and strategies and techniques. And the idea really is to create like a, a kind of like a mastermind for people that are listening, for everyone that's watching and viewing. So... Uh, right now, everyone's quarantined. Everyone's away from businesses. During the B2B space, what have you noticed changed in the way you, you interact with clients, in the way you push out your campaigns that you can probably share with us over here on the platform? And how have you adapted and how do you recommend other B2B businesses in a sense to kind of uh, foresee the near future and at least to be able to remediate like most of their challenges that are coming up? That's a very good question. That's an interesting question. Uh, thank you for that. Well, just to let you know, from a B2B space, um, the most essential thing is for us to obviously generate leads and manage those leads. It's equally important to keep your existing customers happy. But as with any business, you know, with revenue, you look at acquiring new customers all the time. So what we've had to transition with is that trade shows have obviously been put on hold and postponed. Some of them canceled. And that was a normal measure for us to obtain leads. So what we've done is we've, through all our marketing efforts, kept them integrated towards the fact that we can drive traffic to our website and whatever contact order forms or requesting of quotes, uh, we can obviously manage through our call center and our live chat uh, because we have a dedicated in-house team. Mm -hmm. We also are looking at methods of communicating with our existing database. So we have large um, segments according to different um, psychographics, demographics, geographic locations in terms of email com communication. So whatever drip marketing campaigns and email marketing campaigns are out there, we have to tailor make those email blasts specific to that nature. What we've also done is we've started engaging uh, with a bigger presence in terms of PR and communication with a few web releases out to the media, especially for those low-hanging fruit options that can look at exploring our services um, and our product. And we also are looking at ways of social media and how we could use that to interact and engage. Uh, we realize that even though we're in the B2B space, uh, because we are based in California, and it's a common knowledge practice that the United States, a lot of businesses do work remote. Now more than ever, we realize through social distancing that a lot of customers and clients of ours are staying at home. So through Everyone's making sure that we targeted and direct, we are communicating through social media and through some of the other platforms that gets them the messages right in front of their tablets, their laptops, as well as their mobile devices. Yeah, so, so let me ask you this. Look, I'm curious to pick your brain on this topic because I, I do this like all the time with my team and everyone here. Digital, right? Before I was, I was speaking to a friend of mine earlier today or yesterday night, I told him that the world of the internet before two, three weeks ago was optional. Uh, when it first came out back in, you know, when it first came out, 
the older people weren't necessarily too great about it. Uh, people thought it was a flawed. And then generations like me, you know, who are kind of upcoming, I guess you call millennials or whatever, I grew up in it. And so I saw it as a necessity. However, now with what's going on, all of a sudden the whole world is now forced to using the internet, right? So now all of a sudden the attention has shifted and the economy has shifted completely. And I've come to realize that now all these companies that didn't necessarily have a digital infrastructure set up are now realizing that that was a mistake. Now, in terms of your business though, right? Cause you said B2B and I've noticed that a lot of companies in that area tend to think that social media doesn't work for them. I want to really comprehend, I want to pick your brain on how you feel approaching your consumer on social media is different than other marketing channels because it is a different methodology. Yes, agreed. Um, I think it's important that when you are developing a strategy to understand which are the channels that does work. There are some businesses out there that are predominantly B2C or e-commerce <laughs> and that might be selling a product or a service that's either luxury or what I deemed as sexy. <laughs> and it's, that's probably a platform where you know Instagram is going to work for you very well, where you can shop directly from the particular ad and so on. Yes. Um, then there's other businesses out there that are aimed at a different target market of your Gen Z um, and, you know, um, even your a new generation teenagers that are being, you know, prior to becoming millennials that are looking at Snapchat or TikTok. But what I look at it as a platform in that, you know, through LinkedIn, for example, it's an amazing tool of how B2B businesses can stay connected can have the relevant information through that particular platform of specifically targeting the segments that they need to or getting those particular audiences to become their subscribers, their viewers, uh, and obviously engage with them to have their services. Twitter is a platform that people look at how you're gonna communicate in terms of messaging. And you know, if you're keeping abreast with what's going on there, you still have an opportunity. Uh -huh. So there's no such thing, even if you are B2B, that you can't tailor make a package for social media according to the channels that are out there that can help you with your product or service. Mm -hmm. And let's just say I'm a consumer, right? How do you feel the marketing experience is different on these platforms rather than like channels like uh, um, traditional marketing channels? Like what's the difference do you see that you have to approach as a marketer that you've realized and have to adapt to in terms of the way you sell? Well, I think that, um, you know, you gotta be more refined. Um, if you're a company that, for example, is in our space, um, we're not a small startup. We're an established business that uh, obviously has been around for many years. You gotta be careful in terms of the strategy that you undertake. People have gone very much more aware that cold calling does not work in the B2B space. You've gotta build relationships and networking. So if you're gonna be strategic in the messaging that you use, you got to make sure it's getting to the right target market. So what I would suggest is that when you are looking at specific campaigns, look at video as an option mm -hmm. that explains your product or service and look how best, for example, through LinkedIn, you are able to tailor make the platforms that they have. We understand LinkedIn is very strict with the API. We understand that because it's owned by Microsoft, it's supposed to be a professional network. So it's going to cost you a lot in terms of cost per click and to acquire that lead. But if you do it carefully and you do it strategically and methodically, you'll have no issue. As long as you have smart bidding, you use that bidding over the processes that are aligned and you have a budget to use it for. So that's what I would say. Use the other tools that are out there, like whether you can be one of the few that are on LinkedIn Live, 
whether you can use Sales Navigator and use it strategically, whether you are putting comments and trying to make sure that that information is out there, you got to know the way to do it because there's a methodology behind it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you'd be sharing your, and you're building up your page and you, you're doing all of that information. So organically, you can do it. Paid search, you can do as well. Another thing that's extremely important is that from a B2B angle, especially, you've got PPC and search engine marketing. So organically through search engine optimization, Google, Bing are always changing their algorithms. So you've got to have content that's relevant and be able to crawl well in terms of being indexed accordingly to understand that you will need to have visibility in the top three positions or so, or then be in the top page. But what's also important is that you can't forget your PPC and your smart bidding. So when you are looking at keywords and what's best options to go for, have a strategy that aligns with both. So let SEO support PPC, because it's pointless if you just rank visibly in terms of Google, because people still need to convert and click and get onto your website. So you have to make sure that funnel doesn't misredirect them to a page where they're going to get into your site and they're going to just come off. It can be a number of reasons. It can be paid speed. It can be the navigation. It can be whatever the case might be. So mm -hmm. you got to make sure that it has a distinct landing page and has a call to action to take them there. So some people are specific with their searches. So the combination on search engine optimization and optimally how to get there and rank versus pay-per-click is key. And you need to make sure you're up there in terms of what you are spending and how you're allocating those budgets. So in terms of allocation of budgets, um, how do you guys, like, if you can share with us, how, how, what, what's your strategy to allocate, like, percentages? Do you put 50% paid media, 50% social media, organic growth, or is it 20 here, 80 here? Like, is there a percentage you guys follow that you can possibly share with all of us? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, it also depends on each case, case by case. Um, mm -hmm. It's a situation specific. Uh, mm -hmm. We've always um, seen a take for us for most of our spend coming from pay-per-click. But recently, when we've been doing some exercises, I've been conducting some research, I realized that when those smart bidding campaigns are turned off on a weekend <laughs> or after five, we are seeming to organically grow very well to search engine optimization. Mm. So for me, it's an understanding of making sure that link building is done correctly in terms of the backlinks, making sure whatever robots, whatever other files that are there, you understand correctly that it needs to be carouseled. You also understand, importantly, how the cross-linking between the sites is happening. And you repurpose evening, you're repurposing old content. So for me, SEO is you know, making sure that you have a good SEO company, or if you're doing it in-house, making sure that you're organically putting up blogs, putting up posts, putting up information, and the formatting that you're putting it up. It's pointless from a technical SEO perspective if you are moving away from your main domain to a subdomain. Because on your website, if you are hosted, for example, through uh, WooCommerce or one of the platforms of your site, and now suddenly your blogs and your articles are hosted by a third-party system or measure like HubSpot or whatever. You are taking people away from your main site. Google doesn't like that, according to the algorithm. Also, what they don't like is when they have a whole lot of PDFs. They prefer content to be on landing pages that they can reference and crawl. So these are important modifications that you need to make sure that you are doing between your developers, your SEO company, or your SEO staff as well. In terms of PPC, we spend our focus on that because we realize that the cost per click and how we want to generate gives us a return on investment. We can quantify that according to the contact orders and forms that are coming through. For our particular company, we have 100, 800 numbers and we have an entire fleet of vehicles. So those calls that are fielded are coming through our call center. And we know exactly as a referral, you know, where are those calls coming from? Is it a Google lead? Is it a Yelp review? Is it a, some other source? Is it a, 
search through pay-per-click, and we can obviously ascertain as to what works. When it comes to social media, what my suggestion would be, if you have already done the groundwork organically and you're seeing a bit of momentum, then it is fine to put a bit of money towards paid search. But be very careful as to how you want to boost those initial you know, posts because it's all about reaching impressions. But you can't expect, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You have to understand to teach how to get to that profit. So a business like you, how do you think you guys could leverage something like content marketing that other maybe B2B businesses can pick up from? Because now with the whole digital age, we're shifting really fast into this new economy that we didn't suspect to happen. And now companies that thought content and all these kind of things weren't necessarily the best way. It's like now you either do that to create relevancy or you get lost in whatever it is. People aren't even going out of their house. So what's uh, a cool maybe content strategy that you might, have you guys thought of creating content um, and something that you guys could share for other B2B businesses to learn from? Yeah, I think content strategy is key right now more than most. I think the most important thing is that on your website, if you are a business that's trying to generate a lot of traffic, you want to make sure that that traffic converts. So make sure that your navigation and your pane, however you design according to the wireframe, has a news feed or has a case study tab and has information where all your press releases are in there, your blog posts are on there. A blog is great, but remember with a blog, it needs to be instantaneous. It needs to change day by day. So keep content that's relevant and have good content that's not just a direct sound. If you are an industry leader or you're in an area space that's getting a lot of traffic, have content that can be informative and educational. So make sure that your copywriters or whichever you're engaging with understands the nature of your business and puts out content that there that's not just a plethora of content and it's prolific in nature, but is actually valuable to be crawled and indexed by Google, Bing, and the other search engines. So that's one. The other thing is that you need to understand, according to your content social media plan, it's important to make sure you use a proper social media calendar and editorial that some content might not work that's on Twitter, might not necessarily work on Facebook. So whatever you are doing, you know, re make sure that you reformat, reconfigure the video sizes and the file sizes, for example, for LinkedIn versus what you might load on Twitter. Instagram as well. It doesn't mean that you, even though there's platforms out there that allow you to do all four, understand where your audience is coming from and mm. understand that the content that gets put out there is extremely important. One thing that I also look at, if you've got a database, which is extremely important, is that segmenting that database. People hate to be spammed and a lot of people don't open emails. But guess what? Some people will tell you they're an advocate for email marketing because there's a way of quantifying it and getting to the end user. So when you are undergoing any tactics, for example, using email marketing, make sure you A-B test, that's key, to see what works, what doesn't work. You're, you don't have just necessarily generic captions in the subject line, and you have a click-through that takes you to a specific page or a landing page that people can see. So whatever information they get is something that they need. Otherwise, they're just gonna delete and not open. So you gotta make sure you monitor those open rates and those click-through rates so that through A-B testing. And how, how, now I'm curious to ask you, how do you see the market changing after all this has happened and done for? Well, it's interesting. I think, you know, content is king, but also content is important in the right context. I think the world as we know it um, has been drastically impacted. It's not just a region. It's not just a state. It's not just a nation thing any longer. I think the way we use technology and the way we use our marketing strategies is going to define us. Um, I think importantly, 
you're going to see a bigger uptake on platforms where people are using webinars. Video conferencing has already proven to be a key tool. It enforces social distancing. Companies such as Slack and Zoom are seeing a huge uptake. Uh, even Microsoft Teams are suddenly jumping on the bandwagon and you'll see what they're doing from a marketplace. Online education, um, businesses that are specializing in you know, influencer marketing. There's more YouTubers coming out today because people have a space for content. Mm -hmm. So I think you've got to look at how you can define your business differently. Uh, it's important to be able to do the traditional meet and greet, but something as a relationship where we have a traditional handshake has changed because you know people realize the way you do business might not necessarily be the same. So I think it's important to personalize your business accordingly. People still want experiences and e-commerce companies out there can still find a way to give you an experience. The reason why people would prefer, for example, going to a retail shopping center is that there's a difference between shopping and buying. Sure. Right? When you buy, you're undergoing a transaction, you're giving your credit card information, you're waiting for a delivery. When you go shopping, there's an attraction or there's a reason, there's a call to action to bring you to a specific location, whether it's entertainment, whether it's a celebrity performance, whether it's a sale, whatever atmosphere, you know, I call it experiential marketing, sure. where people give you the type of experience that you have to obviously encounter. So for us, it's about understanding what is what required and what is not. It's about innovation as well. At the end of the day, Adam, you know, you can be like a Steve Jobs and how he transformed the market with Apple. Or you can be like Nokia that became almost non-existent in that, uh, you know, mobile space because they didn't use innovation. Adaptive so Exactly. Mm -hmm. The way I look at it is that you need to understand restaurants out there are impacted, right? They are closed currently as we speak mm -hmm. because of this risk and trying to prevent the spread. But there's delivery. And if you can maximize your curbside delivery and if you can maximize the fact that your delivery platform, whether it's Uber Eats, you know, Grubhub, Postmates, uh, DoorDash, whatever it is, uses the best procedures involved, they are going to obviously get a lot of their attention right now because people still need to eat. People still want to have that convenience. That's for the Americans. So it's about using technology, using innovation and making yourself different right now. That's what's going to be key and moving forward. Very cool. Very cool. I definitely agree with you on a lot of the points that you said. And it's funny to me how it's, it's, it's actually crazy. Not funny. It's crazy to me how fast all of this is happening. And I think once people kind of tend to remove the emotions from all that's happening because unfortunately you know it is a it is uh you know a sad time to be living through you know but once that you know mindset shifts innovation comes out i mean look at the last recession in 2008 we have like humongous companies like uber that started right that uh you know so and we've seen that consistently from recession after recession because i do believe we're pre-recession right now we're going into really something that's just gonna shift and change everything that we do However, the positive format out of it is, you know, the fact that a lot of innovations, it forces us to innovate. It forces us to put uh, our foot down on the, on the gas pedal and really kind of figure things out and stop being so complacent about everything that we do. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to ask you, though. Now, you manage quite a large company, so uh, there's a lot of people being involved, a lot of things happening. Now, a lot of things are shifting. You're working remotely. How do you recommend other leaders like you to really 
guide their team to success in this hard time and to make sure to be there for them emotionally and spiritually in any way format possible? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. Um, you almost feel as if you distance, not just literally through social distancing, but because you are working remote and, you know, you're worrying about the spread of this uh, pathogen and, and, you know, you're not too sure how to control it. You've got to be very uh, cautious. Um, I would say you have to err on the side of caution, but you still have to send a strong message to your employees to understand that, you know, their, their feedback and their contributions are valued. Uh, their performances, by no means of their fault of their own, should not be impacted because of the current state of affairs. You have to understand that we've got a virtual door, even though we might not have a physical door, where they can communicate with you through email. They can, you know, get onto a Zoom call. They can um, text you. They can understand that you still value them. Project management tools have become increasingly important. It allows an entire team, an entire department, an entire company to understand methodically the streamlined workflows that needs to be encompassed. So whether you're using a Monday.com or whether you're using an Asana or a Basecamp or whatever system that you have, it allows you to realize these are the current low-hanging fruit, these are the short-term goals, and this is the long-term goals. Um, what's important for a team out there is for its leadership to understand that, you know, respects what the government has said, respect the laws that are in place, understand that this is bigger than us right now. This is about our society, our world that we're living and the fact that we want to not just flatten the curve, but bend the curve down. We want to reduce potential contractions. Uh, the reason why it's spread is because people are coming into contact with people mm -hmm. and we do not know. It only shows after a period of time when you just start displaying symptoms. So don't be one of those people out there that say, you know, what, I won't get it or I've got a strong immune system. I'll recover because mm -hmm. you might affect the next person that does it. So respect what the law enforcement and what our leaders are telling us to do. And that's just not locally, but internationally as well. Um, I think it's important for companies to send communication out to their employees. A lot of employees are scared right now. I'm sure that you have seen what, what's kept abreast in terms of the news. Um, the amount of claims that have been filed for unemployment, the amount of people that are without jobs. The best thing that an employee can do right now is to face this and not shy away from it. To make sure that they have proper methods in place, whether it's through counseling or making sure that their managers are there to address calls, to address whatever issues that are concerning current employees. And in that way, we hold a strong fort and we show that together we can get through this. It goes a long way to obviously valuing leadership. You know, I always quote something that Richard Branson once said, and he's uh, an entrepreneur that everyone respects through what his accomplishments of Virgin were. If you look at, at the end of the day, he looks as his employees are being his customers. Because if he believes he invests in his employees, if he provides them with the right resources, then they will go ahead and make the job easier for him. They are, will go ahead and do the work for him. They will become advocates and proponents of the Virgin brand. So right now, it's a time for employers to understand it's those people that make or break a company. Whether you have field workers, whether you have managers, whether you have the middlemen, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if you can value what your employees do, respect them, provide them with the resources, and they will still be able to deliver the results for you. What have you done directly with your direct team that maybe you can share with us, maybe like a story that happened that you had to, you know, calm a situation down or 
or be there for someone and spend an extra 15, 20 minutes talking about something like, can you share a certain experience you just had to recently deal with with your team? Yeah. Um, uh, me as a manager, I had one of my subordinates that reports into me um, with concern and they've been keeping updates. Um, this was about a couple of weeks ago uh, about the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And, uh, you know, they were a bit concerned because uh, they were worried that, you know, uh, this is potentially spreading. Can they get infected? And I, I had a one-on-one -on -one with them. I had an open door policy at the time where I spoke to them and I was transparent. I said, we are enforcing whatever measures that need to be. Uh, unfortunately, it is a position that needed for them to come into work because it means manning specific calls. And it wasn't something immediately you could get infrastructure set up to work remotely to do so. I said that we will provide whatever necessary means of ensuring that any public uh, meetings that are taking place within the company are immediately postponed. Uh, we will enforce the six feet rule. We will make sure that we provide you with whatever gloves or whatever other potential masks you could need if you had to do your job to make you feel more comfortable if we had these resources available at the time. Uh, we will make sure that we have the necessary wet wipes that are in place, sanitary wipes, disinfectant wipes that we could um, obviously do so. But also we said, if you need any time, if you are worried and concerned, because this particular staff member, an employee had a um, family member, a loved one uh, at home that uh, has stage four cancer at the moment and is very concerned about the risk and the spread potentially for this particular individual. So we said, and I, and I said it to them, you know, take some time off, you know, take care of the specific family member of yours that you need to. Um, you know, life is more important than work at the end of the day. And um, if you have, understand that we want you to come knowing that your, your company has your back um, and you can, you know, it's easier said than done, but leave whatever personal issues that you have at home and concentrate on your job. So, you know, I've always had that open door policy and I've always been understanding and empathetic in nature. But so I, you know, was instigating that initially when this broke, I went to our HR team and I said, immediately, please send communication out, informing employees, because I knew from a marketing standpoint that this was going to be creating a lot of worry and concern. Yeah. Send out communication so that it addresses whatever they need to. And if you're not well, take the necessary precaution. If you have a man that you report into and if your job can be done remotely and you, even though we're an essential business, you don't have to be at work don't come to work. But at the same time, still check in with us, still communicate. Adam, we lived in the 21st century. We don't live in the stone age. Technology is there for us where we can work remotely. Yeah. We have the tools available to us to get our jobs done. True. And as the quicker and better we understand that, it'll allow our companies today in this day and age to prosper and grow even further. Who knows, we could be faced with a similar pandemic in a few years time. There could be another catastrophic event that will create a similar type of workflow. So we need to be prepared for that. And I've used my experience over the years and I was able to ascertain that this was the needed measure and call to do so. So B, what I'm hearing from you is understand the situation, be proactive about taking action to you know lowering whatever happens and just be human at the end of the day really just connect with everyone and make sure everyone's doing well and you know go that extra mile to make sure to have those long conversations with your team i think it's so interesting because we're really just going back to the basics you know like just just care for each other love for each other put health ahead of everything and don't be so caught up with this with this work life and every all the craziness that's going on because you know anything could happen and you know, I, I like to look at it from a positive, you know? 
So Vinay, I appreciate you a lot for the information and the value that you shared with all of us here. I think it was like a really, really deep dive into certain things. And uh, I, I thank you so much for hopping on the podcast, my man. Where can people find you? Uh, what's some exciting things that you're probably doing that, you know, you can hear about, people can come to you, whatever it may be? Okay. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Adam, again, um, you know, for having me on your podcast. Uh, Whichever way, you know, we can make a difference and, you know, potentially uh, provide any uh, advice or our professional opinions, um, you know, and use situations that we've experienced. With. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. So if you look at my profile, you can connect with me on LinkedIn um, and you can follow me on LinkedIn. So it's, uh, you know, the URL www.linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash my name, Vinay Pandey, V-I-N-A-Y, P-A-N-D-A-Y, forward slash. Um, I can also connect on, you know, other platforms on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, in terms of our company and our company services, uh, if you have any of your uh, listeners and, you know, people that want to engage with us, find out more information, they can go and visit our website. So it's www.alliance dash enviro that's e-n-v-i-r-o dot com um so yeah www dot alliance dash enviro dot com um again follow us on social media that's on twitter instagram and linkedin and yeah we obviously are end of the day in this together uh, i love what you said you know we you need to be human uh, yeah. you know we have pandemics and we have situations irrespective of what's out there mm -hmm. and whether it's good for your business or not for your business What's more important than anything right now is life. And that has to come first. Uh, the, you know, you have one life to live and you obviously have to live it. You have to respect the law enforcement. And I think globally, if we can come to this together and realize that there's a bigger picture in this, we can still go about our daily routines, although it's in a method that is slightly different. But look at the plus point. You get a chance to spend time with family. You get a chance to be at home and make sure that you know you can be there for your loved ones. And you have to understand that you know this is something no one foresaw. So just be strong, be positive, and, and I'm sure God willing, and with all the right efforts and having the right people in the respective capacities and the right roles, we can get through this together. 100%, couldn't agree with you more, Vinay. So I really appreciate you for hopping on, my man, and I look forward to seeing what you guys do in the near future. Thank you so much. Thank Cheers you. and stay safe out there and be, be safe and healthy. Thank you, thank you.